0: Welcome to Classical Education, a podcast for those who believe in rediscovering the art of asking questions, engaging in conversation, and attending to the ideas at the heart of well-ordered teaching and learning. Adrian Fries and Trey Bailey invite you to join them on a journey in pursuit of the true, the good, and the beautiful, as we participate in the great conversation and listen to the many voices coming from the world of
1: classical education.
2: Today, uh, Trey and I are here with Soren Schwab. He's the uh, vice president of partnerships for classical learning tests, also known as CLT. And I'm excited, especially to have him on for a few reasons, Um, one being that in my many years of working with teachers in professional development, the million dollar question I get that if I had a dollar for every time I got asked it, I would be rich is, Okay, we're teaching classically. So now how do we test? How do, how do we deal with assessments? And it is literally the most common question I get. And, um, and I came across the CLT probably like right when it came out, uh, there was an email. Um, this was years ago, seven, eight years ago at least somewhere in there. I mean, maybe I'm dating CLT a little too long, but it it seems like it was that long ago. And and I remember they had a sample of readings and tests, and I was like, oh, this is fun. So I I did a sample test, and I was so excited because the questions, the reading was a beautiful passage, I think from Plato or something, and then the the test questions were well-constructed, And I was like, yes, this is so totally different than the STAR, which is the Texas tests and the SAT and the ACT. It just it and it wasn't easy, but it was um, it was fun for me and I, I enjoyed it. I really got excited about this as a possibility for an alternative to SAT and the ACT for students in high school. And um, so when I was in Annapolis, Maryland, a couple of years ago, I reached out and Soren and I met and had a couple hours of meetings. This was when I was working at the University of Dallas and UD was already on board with accepting the CLT for, the, for their uh, in, inbound students. Um, but I wanted to know more about what the CLT is doing for elementary school, middle school, you know, all the different aspects of assessments. I, I know they've grown quite a bit. So I wanted to bring, uh, so Soren actually came down to Dallas, met with Dr. Matt Post and myself, and we had a jolly time there in the cold. I remember we sitting in the cold outside because it was still masking. We didn't want to wear our masks, but if we were outside, we didn't have to. And we had some hot coffee and great discussion. And so I'm excited to have Soren on today. And Trey and I have some great questions that we think our audience uh, would like to hear some answers to. We think it'll really, really help parents and teachers and school leaders um and and we're really excited to have you on today soren thanks for coming on
1: well thanks for having me you are two of are the reason i still log on to facebook i really have given up on facebook but the facebook group is incredible uh and i love the content and all the discussion so uh really an honor to be on uh, and good to see you again adrian
2: thank you yeah and we've been per- yeah we've seen a few people uh promoting your uh, clt podcast.
1: unpaid yes unpaid i <laughs>
2: Yeah, the Anchored podcast. Now, how long has Anchored been out?
1: Oh, my goodness. It was also started during COVID, so maybe a year and a half now.
2: Yeah, so we've got some people who are seeming to be devoted to that podcast as well. Um, So I want to start off by asking if you could give us the history of CLT and why it started. Um, Just kind of take us from there, and then we'll get into some more nitty-gritty
1: questions. Absolutely, (laughs) i always i always say what what's what's more boring than than a standardized test it's talking about a standardized test so i hope i can make it a little bit engaging at least um because i i think you're right it is important and it's it's, it's one of those things that uh with the growing classical renewal movement there still seems to be a lot of questions how does how does testing and assessments fit in so i'm going to give you the, the short summary it's not been seven or eight years it's, it's been about six so 2015 um, Jeremy Tate, our, our CEO, um, conceived of the idea of, of CLT. And it wasn't even intended as a company. It was really an idea. You know, what if you changed, in a way, the code, right? If What if you change one line in the code? What if you put better content on assessment? Could that potentially change education for the better? And in a way, it's it, 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 that seems kind of outrageous. But um, at, at that time, that, that was before kind of test optional has taken a bit more hold. And... Um, And I was a, I was a teacher at a, at a classical charter school and, and I was thinking, well, you know, what if, you know, ACT and SAT got together and decided that, you know, starting three years from now, there will be a required French component on, on these tests. What would happen? Would it potentially, would more schools now teach French? Would there be test prep specifically catered towards French? Would students be all of a sudden more interested in French? And I think the answer to all of those is yes, and so when you think about it, well, so as much as we dislike it, what's on these tests matters, and the right. fact that that really, when you look at some of the tests today, uh, you mentioned the Star, the Iowa, the, the Maps, the Terra Nova, the PSAT. Um, it's really been 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 you know uh, a lot of the good content has been removed from from these tests. So uh, that that was the idea, and. Um, you know, long story short, in 2016, we had our first test administration of the official CLT. That was the college entrance exam um, at that point. And, uh, you know, I think we had a couple of colleges that said, yeah, it's a crazy idea, but, I, you know, it sounds kind of fascinating. So we'll we'll put our name behind it. And um, and so we've been, been steadily growing from there. Um, we started with the college entrance exam. Uh, and then a couple of years later, we introduced what's called the CLT 10, which is for ninth and 10th graders. Uh, now we also have a CLT 8, um, for seventh and eighth graders, so really for the the full suite for for a secondary, uh, and so beyond just a, a college entrance exam, really trying to be uh, a, a helpful tool for parents, for homeschool parents, for schools. Uh, so it's been it's been uh, an interesting time, obviously with COVID, but uh, really seen healthy growth and 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 certainly benefiting from the classical renewal movement and its growth um, these last few years.
2: Great. I remember one of the. Um one of the things we spoke about um, was how um, you working with schools in particular, um, well, I guess you would do this with homeschoolers as well, but it's, when we met, we were talking about schools, um, that when you give the test, then you're able to help the parents or the administrators see where perhaps there may be some learning gaps to help them say, oh, we're doing great over here, but but um, we need a little help in this area. Um, is that still the case? Is, is that a popular need? And how's that going?
1: Absolutely. And, and if I can <clears throat> tell by my personal story. So I was a, a, a teacher and administrator um, at, it's called the Vanguard School in Colorado Springs, and I was the humanities chair. And so I was tasked with interpreting test scores and helping, ideally, helping my teachers you know, improve their instruction. Um, to ultimately, hopefully, increase the test scores. And, um, you know, Colorado at that point was, a, was an SAT state, and so we had to do uh, the PSAT and, and the SAT. Uh, and we did, I think, Terra Nova in seventh and eighth grade. And so I was learning more about standardized testing because, you know, I, I went to Hillsdale College. You know, I was kind of immersed in the classical liberal arts. I had no idea about standardized testing and the power that they might have and kind of the content one of those things you take it and then you're done with it right you don't continue to dig in and see what passages they feature and so i i looked at the assessments and i just felt like wow they're so fundamentally disconnected from from our curriculum from our curricular goals from uh the way we like to approach content um the content itself of course was was completely uh disconnected and so i, I wasn't quite sure what to do and i told my principal as much i said well if you only care about increasing test scores, then there's nothing my teachers have to do in the classroom than just have the kids do test prep. Mm-hmm. And that's not what he wanted them because it was a classical school. And of course we don't do that, right? And so like, well, the other alternative is, you know, we, we, we just say, no, we, we are unapologetically teaching our content and then just take the test. Well, that puts the school kind of in a, in a, in a dilemma too because parents, again, whether we like it or not, they want their kids to do well on tests, and so uh, I struggled with the feedback that I was getting from these assessments because they didn't really help me help my teachers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when Adrian, when you, when you talk about uh, uh, you know the, the the feedback for parents or for teachers, I I think what we need is a is a reframing of the conversation of the, the purpose of assessment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think if you ask you know the ever average person on the street, who's assessment for, they will say, well, the student. Because it's only conceived as, well, it's a a test to get a certain score to maybe get a scholarship and maybe get into college. It's not viewed as, well, you're taking a test to, to see how you're doing. Maybe to give your parents some pointers, if you're a homeschool parent or your teacher a better idea on how you're doing so that they can better instruct you. It also would remove a little bit of that pressure on the student, right? If it just says, you know, just do your best. This is just intended to help you, to better support you so that we know, you know, going forward uh, what, what some areas of weakness are that we can rectify. Um, That's unfortunately not the case. And so we take a lot of pride in really trying to partner with homeschool families, trying to partner with schools because they want to know, right? The eighth grade homeschool mom wants to know, are we doing right? And if the, if the eighth grade homeschool mom is, is, is having the kid take the Iowa, they're getting a score. But if the content is not aligned, that score doesn't tell them a whole lot, right? And so the combination of, of content that is more aligned with the classical education and then providing some robust kind of feedback, analytics data, some pointers as to uh, how to rectify some of the weaknesses, I think that's where CLT really is, is unique in the space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Trey, you have any uh, questions to add on to that, or from the questions you've thought? I know you have a bunch of questions for him, so I want to let you have some time. here.
0: <laughs> yeah, thank you. As I was listening to you tell your personal story, and I, I think that that is, um, you know, a good example of where a lot of uh, administrators find themselves, uh, especially uh, those who are interested in uh, the various. Uh, elements of the classical project that oftentimes um, run uh, counter to or in so many ways clash with uh, what a lot of these um, standardized tests um, number one assess for and number two um, again the content as you said is very mismatched in terms of what our students are rightly getting in the classroom Um, and yet as you described those tests are still very much sort of at this important nexus where, um, you know, with seemingly without them, uh, it's hard to pass through to sort of the next level um, of accreditation. Um, and of course, there's, there's a lot that we could talk about in terms of uh, what is right and wrong with the whole system. But specific to the, the test itself, um, a lot of the things you were saying reminded me of something I read uh, on the CLT website, which uh, described the CLT as a uh, quote-unquote, more humane testing experience. I just wonder if you could, if you could talk about what, what that means.
1: Yeah, I mean, we classical folks, classical education folks, we talk a lot about human flourishing, right? Mm-hmm. education of the whole person, human formation. How do you apply that to a test? And that's, that's tricky because we don't really think of taking a, a standardized test as, as humane. Um, I think it begins with content. Um, more intriguing content, right passages authors that that discuss the big questions um that treat you know a test that I guess treats students as part of that great conversation because if they are if they're confronted with a vacuum cleaner manual, it's not inspiring them to think more deeply about their lives, right? But most tests are are, are really void of any any meaningful passages. Mm-hmm. Um, our test is more aptitude focused versus achievement focused. and so it, it treats students less like uh, I guess regurgitative devices and more like intelligent thinkers right students that can reason through a problem um, thirdly I would say uh, the time our test is shorter uh, it's only two hours long beginning to end hmm. and uh, and so it's less disruptive to the classroom time right and it's it's less exhausting for the students and and that's important right? Because we don't, we don't view ourselves as, as more important than we are. We should not be. The, what's most important is what's going on in the classroom. And so can, if we can, you know, really reduce the time uh, that the students are away from the classroom, the better it is. Um, and the other piece would be, you know, <laughs> when I would proctor students, um, let's say the SAT, I mean, the test is already three, three and a half hours long. Now you have students with accommodations. So they get 50% or maybe 100%. Time. Some of my students would sit there for six or seven hours testing. How is that humane, right? What is, how is it humane? And second, it would be, how is it in any way valid anymore, right? I mean, testing fatigue is real. And, and so um, we're definitely trying to be more humane in that. So even with with extended time, the three hours, the absolute max uh, that a student would would test on the CLT. And then lastly, uh, for for all my, my, my uh my school administrator or teacher friends, if you had ever had to call any of the testing companies, maybe you had to call College Board. I'm going to bet that you never had a chance to actually talk to a human being. Um, it is, <laughs> it is, you know, it's it's a machine of of, of a company, um, and and uh, it's it's really hard to get answers. It seems very kind of mechanical. There's there's not a lot of human interaction. Um, we always say we want to be the Chick Fil A of standardized testing. (laughs) We love Chick-fil-A and, and you know, the experience, right? Uh, And so when you call CLT during business hours, you're going to get to speak to someone. um, And not just someone, you get to speak to someone who really cares about their fellow human beings. They care about education. Um, We're trying to be as flexible as we can uh, and accommodating as we can while still ensuring test integrity and deadlines and all that, right? But we listen and we want to make sure that 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 our partners, our customers are heard. so so those are some of the ways we're, we're trying to, like you said, be a more humane company um, a, a, and really just be be good people and and try to be understanding. I also understand that we're still a young company, right? We don't have a volume of a million test takers. I'm sure once you scale to a certain point, you'll probably have to uh, automatize certain certain things, but I think at this point, we're in a really good place where we, we truly can connect with our customers and, and make it as good of an experience um, as possible.
0: I would like to hear more about uh, the distinction between uh, achievement and uh, aptitude. Mm-hmm. And perhaps uh, in route to that, uh, maybe we can get into uh, the details of the test a little bit more. And maybe you can show us uh, how the test works and, and in so doing, talk about the distinction there.
1: Yeah, it's, it's fascinating, and I can give you a, a quick kind of uh, uh, standardized uh, assessment history, too. Um, the, the SAT, the A, actually stands for aptitude. They don't use that anymore. They're just the SAT now. They, don't, they used to be the Scholastic Aptitude Test. And so traditionally, we used to have different, test, t- different standardized tests, um, and they measured and assessed different things. Um, And so the SAT, I think was founded in 1920s or so. It was always been an aptitude test. And in that, uh, it focused more on the students' reasoning abilities. It was not just about, have you mastered this skill? It's more, how do you think? How do you reason through a problem, which maybe you've never seen before. Um, That also makes it curricular diverse, right? It's not tied to a specific set of standards or curriculum. Well, in the 1950s, the ACT, uh, the American College Test came along, and they, from the get-go, said that they're an achievement test. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember their, their line was, we assess what's being taught in the classroom. Mm-hmm. We assess what's being taught in the classroom. Well, now you can ask, uh, which classroom are we talking about, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> that's, that's an important question, and I would, I would say that it's probably not a classical Christian school classroom, right? It's the, it's the public school classroom. They were honest about that. And and when Common Core Standards came around, right, in the in the in the 2000s, they immediately aligned themselves with the Common Core Standards. They were the lay of the land in the public school, and that was fine. You still had the SAT kind of on the other, on the other side. Well, in 2015, College Board, who produces the SAT, they hire a guy by the name of David Coleman. Um, and David Coleman, who now is the CEO of College Board, he was known as the chief architect of the Common Core Standards. And so they hired David Coleman to completely revamp the SAT, align it with Common Core and turn it into an achievement test. Wow. And that fundamentally changed. And that's interestingly mm-hmm. enough, you know, that the year that um, CLT was founded because our CEO, Jeremy Tate at that point, he was at a Catholic, at a Catholic school in, uh, in Maryland, Mount DeSales Academy, and, and it was run by Dominican nuns and they were not having it. They did not like Common Core standards, right? They're like, we didn't sign up for this. And now we don't have any choice. We don't have any options anymore. Um, and so now we have the two biggest companies. And, you know, it's the same with, with Iowa and Stanford. They're all aligned with public school standards um, and their achievement tests. So it's not really about, you know, can you reason through this? Are you, are you supposed to really, truly, deeply engage with the passage? And no, it's, it's have you checked this box? Have you mastered the skill? Now, CLT still has some of that, too, because parents want to know. And when it comes to, say, punctuation or algebraic expressions, there is a clear, you know, there's a right or wrong, there's a correct way of doing it. um, And we want to assess that. So we still have achievement portions on our test, but we also want the students to be able to apply their reasoning to a passage. Um, On the math side, we have word problems. You can't game them, you can't, you know, study necessarily for them. It's years and years of good education that you can solve certain problems. And don't we want that? Mm-hmm. Right? Students being able to solve complex problems. So, so that's where the aptitude comes in. It's, it's it's not like an IQ test. I mean, we, we sometimes think about IQ tests as aptitude tests. Um, you know, it's really it's meaningful text, challenging text where they have to dig a little bit deeper. We have analogies back on the test, right? Understanding the relationship between two things. Um, more inference questions where students really need to infer. Um, So uh, that's a good combination of aptitude achievement. I think it allows, especially classical students to demonstrate their abilities because I would argue that on many of the standardized tests out there, they really can't do that because what is unique about a classical education is really not assessed on these tests anymore. So we're trying to do both, still provide kind of the check boxes, you know, does the student know the Oxford comma? Stickler when it comes to the Oxford Common, uh, you know, have they can they master their algebraic expressions, right? Do they understand geometrical reasoning? But also, can they apply logic? Can they solve problems? Um, Trey, does that does that answer your questions? Kind of the the combination between those those two.
0: It, it does, and and that leads to a, a later question that I have. Uh, perhaps after I let Adrian jump in, I'm I'm curious to know then, uh, you know, what are some of the reasons why uh, colleges are starting to. To see this as as a really wonderful um, entrance exam, I suppose, or, or maybe there's a better word for it, but you know, a test for uh, their uh, potential students to have taken.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've I've noticed uh, a lot of a lot of colleges, a lot of really good liberal arts colleges, are prefer the CLT over the SAT and the ACT now.
1: Yeah, it's 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 really been a been a marvel these last these last few years. I started in 2018, and, and we've uh, I think more than more than doubled on, on the college side and-, and um,
2: how, many, how many colleges?
1: Well, it's, it's really, really interesting. So it's like pre-COVID and then, well, I guess we're not in post-COVID yet. I, gosh, still not. Um, but so the way we define partner colleges um, pre-COVID was a college that accepted CLT as an entrance exam, right? In lieu of an SAT and ACT. So let's say University of Dallas Um, That you're very familiar with. Um, When a student applies to UD and they submit their CLT score, the college is not gonna say, okay, thank you, but we also need your SAT score, Mm. right? The CLT score suffices to get scholarships and whatnot. Well, now COVID came around. And essentially, overnight, all colleges went test optional because there were, I mean, we were really the last test standing. Uh, You know, there was not a lot of access to uh, test sites because of COVID. And so most colleges went test optional. Now, the test optional movement has been around for a while. And, and, you know, University of Chicago is probably the most famous one that they went test optional years ago. Wake Forest, there are some other ones. And, and what they say is, well, you don't have to send us a test. You can. It's optional. So if you submit a test score, we will look at it. Um, but it is not a requirement for you to get into our college. So... Um, now we're in, well, I guess year two of the of the pandemic, some colleges have gone back to requiring test scores, some still have not. It's complicated because some schools say, well, you don't have to, but if you want this certain scholarship, you kind of still have to take a test. So um, we are, we have over 200, about 215 colleges that uh, we work closely with and they accept CLT scores, whether the test optional or not, right? They, they understand CLT scores. They, uh, they they want to recruit students that that take CLT, um, and so you mentioned UD, Hillsdale, Baylor, Wheaton, Biola, a lot of really great Grove City, a lot of great um, liberal arts. Many of them are, are are Christian schools, but we have some secular um, liberal arts colleges. I'm in Annapolis, Maryland. St. John's, um, St. John's is one of them, and and so I, I guess trade to your to your uh, question about why colleges like CLT, some of them even prefer CLT. I think two reasons come to mind. There are probably more, but you would have to ask the colleges. But, but two reasons come to mind. I think one is the test itself, right? Because, uh, Adrian, you, you talked about when you looked at the test and, and the beauty of the passages mm-hmm. was easy, right? But wow, there was like a Plato passage or, or or a Thomas Aquinas passage or a Shakespeare passage. Yes. Well, wouldn't you say that's Probably pretty reflective of what a student would read freshman year at any of those schools. Absolutely. And so, if you want to demonstrate to a college that you have what it takes to to succeed at, you know, Cedarville University, then I don't know if the SAT is the best way to do that because you're really mostly reading, you know, nonfiction newspaper clippings. You know, the That's kind right. of. You know, I mean, they're nice to read, right? But uh, they're not. They're not the same. And so, if you do really well. Reading a passage about naked mole rats and you can answer questions about it—that's wonderful, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that you're going to be able to uh, go to Hillsdale and and do well in the in the Rhetorics and, and Great Books class freshman year. Mm-hmm. I think if you if you take the CLT and you do well in the CLT, the college kind of knows they have what it takes, right? Because they know the test already assesses some of the the same things that they will freshman year. So so I think the content of the test. Is certainly, why they, why they really like it. I think the other is um, the kinds of students that take the test. And I mean, we are in a, in a hyper competitive uh, college world right now. And you guys probably hear that constantly. And it, in a way, it's, it's shifted a little bit. You know, it used to be, well, you know, these schools are, these, these students are trying everything to get into these schools. It's almost the opposite now, colleges are struggling. Right, we're having conversations about is college even necessary? What's the value proposition of college? You know, if it, is it really just about, you know, credentials? You know, can't you take YouTube videos and learn the same thing? And so uh, there is, uh, and then I think also kind of in, in the conservative movement there is a um, skepticism now about higher ed, and, and and that's a whole other conversation. But I think that has led to fewer students applying to college. And so now the colleges are really, I mean, they they, they are recruiting. Uh, They have departments now that are not just admissions departments, they're recruitment departments because they know they have to go out there and find the right fit students for their college, for their programs. And I think the reason they like CLT is that the students that take CLT are the kinds of students that already would be more interested in attending a private liberal arts school. They're Mm -hmm. the kind of students that... Uh, are interested in engaging with great ideas and great books. If a, if a college receives an ACT score, they don't necessarily know. Is it maybe a student from a certain state where it was just required? You know, was it just one of the graduation requirements? CLT is not required anywhere. It's not mandated. It's a test that students can take. And so just by their taking it, it indicates to the college that they're interested in those kinds of schools. Uh, and for colleges, uh, smaller colleges that that compete with the big state schools that's huge mm-hmm. that's huge because they already know oh this student here could be a really good fit for us because the last thing they want is to recruit 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 and then try to get a student on campus that is really not a good mission fit um, because that's that's a you know obviously the, the student dropping out after one year it's not a good look for the college it's expensive um, it's mm-hmm. not what they want so I think that's the second piece to to clt is just We have some amazing students taking our test and and colleges want to get them on their campus. Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. One of the questions I think Trey was interested in hearing and I kind of want to reword his question a little bit. He he was asking, um, you know, classical teachers, he says classical teachers rightly reject the teach to the test model so common in our public schools as a test provider, do you have any way of discouraging this type of approach? I'd like to add a little to that. In my experience with charter classical charter schools, a lot of times teachers uh, have a hard time coming out of that because a lot of teachers who come into classical charter schools were public school teachers. That's their experience. And so it's, it is hard for them to kind of get out of their mind, teach the test. It's it's something that a lot of teachers tend to do. So even in classical schools, there's still a struggle sometimes with that mindset. And I mean, I know that because I've had to train those teachers how not to think that way. So at, as a test provider, how do you um, discourage this type of approach to testing and, and what do you encourage them to do instead?
1: That that's a great question, and and uh, I love the work that 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 you've been doing with these schools because I think you're right. It it is, it's it's like changing again their perception of 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 what they need to do because they're so trained standards, benchmarks, twenty first century skills, like all these things that they just boxes they need to check. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the the teaching to the test mentality um, is bad. We don't have to talk about that, right? Right. Uh, but the problem with it is that as classical schools, we know that the tests hold on to standards with which we disagree. If if the test featured the kind of authors that we're reading, the kind of standards that we we sign off on, right, um, we probably wouldn't be as skeptical of, of testing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one thing that CLT is trying to do, and <laughs> I'm thinking of, uh, I think, I think it was Marianne Moore, a poet, uh, a poem called Poetry. And I think she starts it with, I too dislike it, <laughs> right? And in a way, at CLT, we don't really love standardized tests. I mean, we, we do, but we don't. And it is, in a way, a necessary evil, right? But it is a behemoth. And we know that it is, you said, it, is that the nexus, right? It's, it's, it's a lever. And so we know that testing is not going away. So can we develop and can we partner with schools In developing tests that are more meaningful, so that the teachers don't have to teach to the test, rather the test points back to the classroom, and wouldn't that be beautiful? And in a way, when uh, when when folks ask me, you know, why don't you reach out more to public schools? And I say, well, the the tests that are around, in a way, are validating what they're doing because they're teaching to the Common Core public school standards, and so. uh, our test standards on the CLT are not necessarily aligned with theirs. Mm -hmm. The problem is alternative schools, right? Private schools, home schools, classical schools, classical charter schools. So how can we we design tests that don't have to be taught towards, Mm -hmm. that actually validate what's going on in the classroom, that complement it, Mm -hmm. not compromise it, right? So we view that test like i said as pointing back to the classroom that's difficult right it's difficult to to do but i think i think we're getting there
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and if that's the case in an ideal world then um the teacher doesn't have to compromise right they can teach their content and know that the students will do well on the test and i think that's the problem that we alluded to earlier on when it comes to uh some of the other assessments that 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 I think Trey mentioned it, right, that teachers are in that position where they, they feel like they, they, they have to do something beyond what their classical school wants to do just so that the students can do well. That's the problem in and of itself, and that's why we feel like we have to teach to the test. Mm-hmm. Um, so putting testing in its rightful place is what we're trying to accomplish. That's right.
0: Yeah. I think that this is all related uh, to um, the ongoing conversation about grades as well. Mm-hmm. and And I, I bring this up also to to again um, mention your podcast uh, anchored. And uh, one of the episodes I've recently listened to um, featured uh, Dr. Brian Williams uh, of the Templeton Honors College. And I had listened to a talk of his on the same subject before, but I was eager to hear more. Uh, in which he discussed with the host uh, on that podcast um, the, you know what are grades and 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 sort of uh, uh, where did they come from and and why do we still use them? and um, and I think that uh, of course, what 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 Dr. Williams brings out is that a lot of it comes down to um, you know competition for limited resources and a way of ranking students. and I think naturally that would fit into this conversation about standardized testing as well, because uh, that is a part, of that, um, a part of that program, right? To figure out, okay, well, um, there's, there's a limited number of seats at the table, or um, we need to make sure that we provide entry to students that have, um, whether it be certain achievements or perhaps better put, certain aptitudes. Um, and and I do want to think more carefully about uh, this question of aptitude because another ongoing conversation, it seems to me, is this question of well, should everyone uh, pursue um, higher education? Um, should everyone go to college? Um, should everyone, um, uh, even if they don't have certain aptitudes, uh, pursue you know advanced? mathematics or uh, advanced studies in literature or what have you. And so I know a lot of teachers are thinking about this, a lot of administrators, um, but a lot of homeschool parents too are are thinking through this. And so I just wonder um, if maybe you could say a bit more about how CLT is, is broaching these issues. Uh, I'm sure these questions come up um, as teachers and and parents try to figure out um, how to, uh, educate their children in a way that um, helps them think rightly about things like uh, like a standardized test um, or the relationship they should have with assessment in general. Um, and of course, one of the things that we all know happens is oftentimes we conflate assessment with, with, uh, with grading or assessment with, with feedback and, and all these things are sort of uh, Perhaps being, um, they need to be perhaps redefined in our conversation with with educators.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm glad you brought up the the podcast with Dr. Williams. Uh, it uh, it made me think a lot because I I never really questioned you know grading per se or or grades. Um, and he it, it really got me thinking. I'm not sure if I'm quite there yet to say let's just get rid of of all grades. But I think what 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 struck me was the um, the idea of like, intrinsic motivations, mm-hmm. and 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 what do we want to cultivate, and what gets in the way of that?
0: Right.
1: And I think that's the same with with standardized standardized assessment tests as it is with grades. If we're only motivated by the grade itself and not by the pursuit of knowledge, then we're doing something wrong, you know. But how do you do that with 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 assessment with testing? Um, I think that's challenging, but when I said earlier, you know, putting testing back in its rightful place, when I think back to my time uh, teaching, it, what question did the students constantly ask? Will this be on the test? Right. <laughs> Mr. Schwab, is that going to be on the test? Is gonna, and, I, and I always thought, this is such a strange question, you know? But what are they actually asking? They're asking, should I study it, right? What else are they asking? Is it important? And I think that piece there, the fact that they, they ask that even, that's problematic, right? Because they shouldn't be just motivated by getting something out of it, right? As teachers, we should cultivate that, as Dr. Williams said, that joy, that wonder for learning, um, because it is worth pursuing in and of itself and not just because you can get a high score. But I think that the, 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 the testing companies They have made us so dependent on that, right? I mean, think about, and I'm not going to name any names here, but there are so many classical Christian schools, wonderful schools. I've toured them. They're incredible, and what's going on in the classroom is miraculous. They offer the PSAT in 8th grade, in ninth grade, in 10th grade, and 11th grade. And I understand, I understand that from a marketing perspective, being able to say, you know, we had, you know, so-and-so many National Merit Scholars in the last few I understand, you know, that for a lot of families that still, it it signals rigor, it stick signals academic excellence, excellence. But what are we actually doing to the students? Mm-hmm. We're communicating to them that this every year is really, really important. Mm-hmm. And what's on those tests is important enough for you to study for it and maybe get one of those, you know, 300-page test booklets um, so you can practice and study and study and study to, at some point, get a score that maybe, maybe gets you a scholar. What does it kill? It kills joy. It kills wonder. Not only that. It 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 kills electives, right? It kills the things right. that that many classical schools would say um, the kids should focus on. And I remember I had a, a, a conversation with a student, and, and we talked about i believe it was about uh a jonathan jonathan edwards passage and at some point she just got up and said ah oh, I, I, yeah i'm over it like what do you mean it's not like it's going to be on the sat anyways mm. why would i why would i care
0: yeah
1: no. right so um it, putting tests in rightful place is important but also i think it's incumbent on us schools to not overemphasize. And the schools would never admit that when I talk to them. No, no, no. I mean, it's just, we just offer that, but we don't really, but we don't do te- The kids do test prep, whether you like it or not. If you take up classroom time, right. Uh, and you're going to say, well, we do this every year. The students will see it as significant as important. They will do the test prep. They will. Um, so I think that's where we can start. Maybe stop doing that.
0: Right? Yeah, I think I are exactly right, Soren. <laughs> and 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 you know, you said that you understand, and, and uh, I, I think that I think that you know, in your in your line of work, you know, in partnering with schools, uh, you have to you have to have that empathy. Um, I I don't I don't understand, um, <laughs> and I think they need to stop. And that's why I'm glad that CLT exists because we can say, hey, not only should you stop doing what you're doing, but here's another option. That right. is uh, much more humane, uh, much more in line with um, with this tradition uh, that we are uh, the torchbearers of. And yeah, I'll, I'll come out and say it: they need to quit. Uh, because as a teacher um, in, a, in a in a previous role, um, my whole humanities project was put on hold for the week of testing. Right. I was like, oh man, this is. This is, this is drawing a clear sort of uh, line in the sand that the students then are forced to kind of choose and, and they really have no other option but to go with sort of what the adults in their lives are, are, are sort of laying uh, the path in front of them. And, uh, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted that CLT is, is entering into the fray and saying, you know, we can, we can do this. We can do this uh, differently and we can do it better.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I appreciate your saying that you know, you're you're bolder than I am, trey. i I do <laughs> want i do want to empathize with them and 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 I think it is also um, there is a lot of perceived pressure on school administrators. Sure. and it, you know I, I i was at a a Catholic a Catholic school, Catholic high school in um I think it was in Kansas City outside of Kansas City. And uh, and I, I tried to get the school to do the ninth and 10th grade CLT 10. Uh, and he said, oh, we love CLT. We love everything you're doing. We love the content. It's aligned. But we can't do it. And I said, well, why? They're like, well, we do the pre-ACT. Well, every year? I said, yeah, every year, starting in 7th grade. Mm-hmm. 7, mm-hmm. 8, 9, 10, 11. And then in 11, ACT. And then in 12th grade, again, ACT. Mm-hmm. And so we we started talking. And, and he said, Soren, I would love to make changes but it's the parents I'm afraid of.
2: Bingo. I was wanting to bring up parents. That's I'm so glad you. I was waiting for this moment. <laughs>
1: and we're not trying to blame it on the parents, right? But he said, you know, he said last year our average ACT score went from I don't know, it was a good score, you know, 23.2 to 23.1 and he said the parents were in line like complaining, calling. That's right. Because they assumed that as that the school is not educating well enough anymore Mm -hmm. because of that one number. And so how do we also make the case to parents because they're stakeholders, right? Right. Uh, And so how do we we communicate that to them, that there is an alternative, that there is an option, and that ultimately a a score on a test that is fundamentally disconnected from the education the child is receiving is not the end-all be-all. I don't know if you have thoughts, Adrian, because I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I yeah. have
2: like, my mind is going a million miles. <laughs> I, one of the goals of our podcast, I'm just going to read it, is inspiring educators and parents that a classical education done well can and should influence their children towards choosing a life of virtue. This is so key to a classical education. It has nothing to do with tests. It's about caring. Um, and it's, you know, like you said, the Student cared about what was what her test was. Well, she should be caring more about, you know, real things and relationships around her than about what's on a test. And so, a uh, parent education this is this is huge. So, one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast with Trey, um, and the reason our Facebook page we say, What is classical education? That's our big question. What is class- classical education? Because we know that that's a question a lot of parents are asking. Parents are looking at alternatives and um, they're looking into classical education, but there's so much involved in learning what a classical education is that parents are overwhelmed. New teachers are overwhelmed. And so one of the goals of this podcast is to help parents understand what classical education is so that they can better support the student, their children as students at a classical school. And you know, we have our homeschool listeners, which is a whole nother different realm. I mean, both, both are learning, um, but if, if parents could understand everything, we, I, everything you've just said is so important that I think that my appeal right now will be to our listeners um, to go back to your school and ch- you know, challenge them to go look at CLT. Mm-hmm. It's a better option than the ACT and the SCT. In fact, not only that, but CLT having a more humane way of giving the test probably wouldn't recommend that they do that many tests.
0: <laughs>
2: and so I, 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 any parent who's listening right now, my goal right now is to help you understand yeah. that this is about a life of virtue, not about preparing your child to go to college. And that virtue is what will prepare them to go to college. And so having a test like this, so so parents, you can make a difference at your schools and you are making a difference. And the whole reason that the headmasters are feeling the pressure to put your kids through all the testing they're going through is because you don't understand this. So, I mean, I'm hoping that this podcast helps more parents go to their administrators and challenge them to look at the CLT and to take the advice that you guys are giving them. That that breaks my heart that that, that classical school would say that to you. Hmm. But it is because they're getting pressure from parents. So parents, pressure them the other way.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, I think, I, I think I Adrian is exactly that. right. And uh, Soren, you you said I was uh, being bold, but I have to tell you, I've been listening to some uh, Anthony Esselin uh, interviews recently and he's emboldened me. Oh, uh, great. <laughs> so, I, you know yeah, mom, dad. Um, you know uh, your son or daughter probably shouldn't go to that college that they would get into if they scored really high on on any of these uh, you know standardized tests. Um, they should probably look uh, at the colleges that uh, that the classical learning test is working with because they are very different in their approach and in the community and in the tradition that they are carrying on um, that uh, will not um, be set up to very likely, um, well, cause your son or daughter to lose his or her faith, um, cause them to be completely disconnected from um, the great works of literature um, and not just that, but even even the good ones, right? Um, and and so if you want them to be a part of a um, a community of, of faith and scholarship, then you need to be looking at schools that have those things at the top of their uh, at the top of their priority list. Um, and I and I hate to say it, but you know um, the Ivy League schools are 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 now the poison Ivy League schools. Um, and that's not to say that you can't go there and, and you know, uh, sort of blaze your own trail and get a good education. But increasingly so, um, it is these, these schools that like the one CLT is partnering with that are offering what you want in your heart of hearts for your child. That's right. So that's have right. them uh, you know, take the test that um, is more humane and have them go to college if that's what they're going to do at a place that isn't going to uh, that isn't going to, uh, or that rather will offer the things that, that you actually want for them. That's good.
1: Very well said, very well said. And, and I follow your, you know, like I said, the, the Facebook page and, you know, certain colleges are posting every now and then or represent, and those are all our partners. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, we, part of our mission statement is, uh, you know, to, to reconnect knowledge and virtue, through meaningful assessments and connections. And I think that last part is so important because there are so many great colleges out there that you have never heard of.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: there is so much noise for, for parents, you know? And so I I know when a kid, you know, takes the PSAT, what happens next? They get bombarded mm-hmm. with mail from all kinds of colleges mm-hmm. um, and mostly the big tech schools, right? Uh, and there's nothing wrong with, with that. but. The smaller schools, the Gutenbergs, the Belmont Abbeys, the New St. Andrews, the the, the New College Franklins, great schools, great fits for so many families. They don't have the marketing budget that some of these other big schools have, right? right? And so CLT is also a way to make connections with these kinds of schools, like you said, Trey, that that will continue their education Mm -hmm. uh, and not compromise it. And so I think that's something that, that we take a lot of pride in, that uh, if you go to CLTExam.com and you look at the college list, that's a good starting point for your college search um, for your for your son and daughter. Um, yeah, so I, and if
2: they if they go online, also they, are there any samples that parents and teachers can read to see
1: mm-hmm. the tests? Yeah, absolutely, there's several. There's several. There's a there's a sample kind of test just to look at it. But if you create an account on CLTExam.com, just got to put an email in, um, you actually have access to four full length tests and. You can take it yourself. It's timed and scored. Uh, it is very humbling, I must say, especially on the math side. If you're <laughs> like me, more in the, the humanities person, but yes. And so you kind of see what the experience is, the kinds of passages that we put on the test, the kind of math. Uh, you get answer explanations. So absolutely, uh, if you're a school administrator, there's a there's a there's a, a school landing page uh, where you can also connect connect with us. We have a quote unquote sales team that is staffed with educators. With former heads of schools, with former administrators, um, and so they understand, um, you know, what what schools are going through. We un- we understand their needs uh, and would love to partner with them. For sure. Yeah,
0: well, I like I like what you guys are up to a lot. And if if I could if I could say one more thing uh, that uh, school administrators and parents uh, should consider, um, perhaps. Uh, lay off the, the push to um, have your students in high school take college courses while they're in high school. And instead of trying to pull the college down into the high school, why don't you lift up your, your high school classes to a higher level? And I would imagine that if you, uh, if you, if you look into the, the content that the CLT is, is uh, working with, that's going to give you uh, some ideas uh, about um, not necessarily teaching to the test, but just teaching to uh, the tradition. Oh, there we go. <laughs> and in so doing, um, you will elevate your, your, the classes that you have on offer so you won't feel compelled and you can tell your parents with great confidence, you know what, uh, junior doesn't have to take a math class at the local community college. You can take it right here uh, because we've decided to level up ourselves. Mm-hmm. And gosh, what a beautiful thing that would be if, um, that that it seems, it seems to me that that's the answer to the concerns parents have, which is a legitimate concern. They want their children to receive a good education, right? And, and if, if the school would just commit itself to raising the bar, um, then it won't have to, to look to outside uh, sources necessarily to provide, uh, and, and that would be a good thing.
2: And I have one last question, Soren. I feel like I've read somewhere that some schools actually have some scholarships for students that do well on the CLT as well, and there's mm-hmm. scholarships available.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, we're we're not trying to overemphasize all the, the 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 other the the things, but I think one of the big concerns for parents in in going with you know the kind of the College Board testing is well, but there's there's scholarship dollars, mm-hmm. right? Right. There's, and and it's 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 not the case anymore that that you know they have a monopoly there. And so um, absolutely. In fact, it's more than just scholarships. It's you know early on, ninth and tenth grade, when the student take our assessment, um, they can share their scores with colleges. And if they want to, they're not forced to, but if they want to, and make that early connection. And many of them um, go on to go to summer programs. There are so many great colleges out there that have, Wonderful summer programs, um, where students can get on campus and see what it feels like to be on a, a smaller, you know, liberal arts campus to to take a class with with a Ph.D. professor or their freshman. They don't, you don't do that at A and M, right? You have the, the teaching right. assistant that teaches the class. So right. um, those students so often go on then to um, to matriculate at these at these colleges. So there's certainly that. The CLT ten also has a, awards. Because, you know, we also want to recognize student achievement. And so we have, we have student awards for the CLT 10 that is also tied to a, a scholarship. And then 11th and 12th grade, absolutely. A lot of the, the, the partner colleges do tie scholarships to scores. And um, that's a great argument for not having to take the, the SAT. You know, if you apply to any of our partner schools, you don't have to. If you feel like the CLT is a better fit for your education, take it. The school is going to recognize it. You're going to get a scholarship. You're not. You're not missing out on anything, right? And I think that's the that's the concern that a lot of that a lot mm-hmm. of parents have. So, so please go on our website. We do have a list of of scholarships. Like I said earlier, with test optional, everything is a little in flux right now. But um, talk to the admissions reps. Tell them about CLT and tell them why why you think this is a great fit for your student and really demonstrate demonstrates their ability. And you're in the driver's seat right now. Uh, and so be bold. Um, and, and talk to these schools, and I'm sure there's there's going to be a lot of offers. Great.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I, go, go ahead, Jerry. I, I would encourage uh, my students to 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 take scholarships based on scholarship, you know, based on actual the work of a scholar. Um, I'm ambivalent about sports scholarships. I think that's a misnomer, and I'm I would be embarrassed for a student. And I told him I told him this if he accepted a scholarship for esports. I would just—I would just be embarrassed for him. <laughs>
2: is what, is, what is, is esports? Happening?
0: Oh, oh, Adrian, we're gonna have to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> apparently, oh, apparently. Google. <laughs> yeah, you're just gonna have to look it up. Apparently, one can get a quote-unquote scholarship to go uh, play video games competitively at college, but that's mm. a whole nother okay. ball of wax.
1: <laughs> well, I doubt it's okay. any of our partner colleges, but. but
0: I, I'm sure that's true. Know. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, we always close our podcast with asking a question. I know you want to answer the one about quote, the quote, your favorite quote. So the question is, what is a quote from a book that has had a huge impact on you?
1: Well, I could do my German. Uh, but I think it's, you know, not everyone speaks German. Uh, so I'm going to go. We talked a lot about, about tradition. And for the longest time, I thought this quote was by Gustav Mahler the Austrian composer, but Dr. Williams came up earlier, uh, corrected me and said that it's, it's, it's falsely attributed to him. But the quote is, tradition is not the worship of ashes, but the mm-hmm. preservation of a fire.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I just love that. And I think it's so applicable to classical education. I think when sometimes when people hear classical education, oh, uh, that's just this, I don't know, this old, why are you reading these old texts and these old ideas? It's not relevant you know, and it's just this 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 dead worship, right? Um, and it's just not. And I think everyone who's who's set foot in a classical school or or a classical co-op has seen the fire at work, right? You mentioned earlier the carrying of the torch. Um, what 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 your listeners are doing, classical educators, is preserving that that fire. I think Chesterton said the 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 pa- the, the passing on of, of of a soul from society, right? The soul of society from one generation to to the other. It is with humility, uh, with reverie for what, what came before us, um, and, and uh, it's incumbent on us to, to carry that torch and, and to, to uh, uh, preserve the fire. So, uh, yes, it's not Gustav Mahler. Dr. Williams said it was also attributed to Ben Franklin at some point or to several popes. So I don't know who actually said it, but it's my favorite quote. And I absolutely love it.
2: Oh well, thank you so much for having uh, coming on the show today, Soren. We really appreciate your time. And uh, what's the website that our listeners can go to for more information?
1: CLTexam.com. CLTexam.com.
2: Okay, great. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for listening. We invite you to experience the art of teaching through interactive learning communities at our Patreon page. Visit patreon.com forward slash classical education. Also, be sure to join the conversation on our Facebook community at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash classical education. We are a listener supported podcast, so your support makes this podcast possible. As the great artist and educator John Ruskin once wrote, Well, my friends, The final result of the education I want you to give your children will be, in a few words, this. They will know what it is to see the sky. They will know what it is to breathe it. And they will know, best of all, what it is to behave under it as in the presence of a Father who is in heaven.